So hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Soccer Hub Talks. My name is Nuno Milheiro, and I am Soccer Hub's Head of Operations and Partnerships. As you all know, uh, Soccer Hub is an online education platform for soccer coaches, soccer scouts, soccer analysts. So don't forget to visit our page and also to check our new courses already available. Uh, before we start, I'll ask you to click on the like button to see if everything is okay with the audio and with the video and to put some information about yourselves in the chat box, such as your role in football the country and the country where you are based. So today's subject is the golden age of Nigerian uh, soccer and we invited a very special guest to speak about it. So uh, someone that was part of the best generation ever of Nigerian football, the Super Eagles, uh, as they are commonly uh, known as, um, he played a total of 63 games for his country, winning uh, African and African Cup of Nations, um, a golden medal at the 96 Olympic Games in Atlanta. Um, our guest also played in great clubs such as Juventus, Borussia Dortmund, among others, where he was always important, uh, a very important player for, for the team. So we are obviously talking about the great legend Sunday Olize. Let's welcome him, although he's with some uh, problems, some technical problems, so we'll be waiting a bit uh, for him. Um, so let's hope he can join us soon. Um, so guys, please ask also your questions, um, the questions you'd like to ask to, to Sunday. Okay, let's just wait a bit. These things happen, of course, they are live, they are online, and um, it can happen. So let's let's wait a bit and um, and see you guys in a bit, okay? So um, let's just wait a few seconds.
Hello again, guys. Sorry about the delay. Again, we are uh, Sunday is experiencing some problems uh, with this connection. So just bear with us. We hope we can um, we can sort it soon. So in the meantime, thank you for the comments. Um, thank you, Glossius. Uh, thanks for for your for your message. And um, we hope Sunday can can join us uh, very very shortly. So please, like I said, please bear with us. And these things happen. And uh, for sure, it's it's worth it to to wait a few more minutes. So um, see you guys. See you guys in a bit. And uh, and don't forget uh, to ask your questions. Okay. Thank you. So hello again. Hi Sunday. Hello, Dino. Hello. So sorry everybody once again. It's these things happen, you know. And um it's technical issues in these days, but at least we have we have Sunday here. We have the legend. I've been waiting so many years. A few more minutes is not a problem. <laughs> so uh, Nino, I'm sorry, but I was just I don't know what happened to my system. It was it's not your fault. It was my system that was not trying to accept the call, but okay, okay. That's what, we have to sorry from COVID. That's COVID 19 for you. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. That that's fine, you know. And we have you here, and you look exactly the same like when you were playing. So I don't know what you are doing, you know. So <laughs> look, look the same, and, and I look much older than than at the time when I was following you 
your all your all, all your career. Thank you guys for your patience also, of course. And uh, but uh, it's it's for you guys. It's also a pleasure to have to have Sunday in here with us. And um, and don't forget to ask also your questions. I already been doing an introduction. So um, uh, Sandy, please confirm if it's that's correct. Of course, you are. You are part of the best generation of Nigerian football ever. Uh, you played a total of 63 games for for your country. Okay, You're winning um, an African Nations Cup and also a gold medal at the '96 Olympic Games in Atlanta. Is that correct? Uh, I've been lucky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, not only lucky. Of course, luck is, is a bit is part of it, no? Some some you know, but it's a small percentage of luck. When when the things are you know properly done, uh, luck is also part, but it, it cannot be everything for sure. And um, so you also played in great clubs such as Juventus, Borussia Dortmund, Ajax, among others, of course. And uh, you always been a very important player for for all of those teams, for the national team, also for your style of playing. Um, also allowing many of your uh, the players with the the forwards and the, the midfielders that were more creative. You were more a defensive midfielder, so you've been sacrificing yourself a lot to keep the balance, you know, for for the team. Uh, is that true? Yes, but I'm fortunate to say that even though I sacrificed for the others, I was able to get also. Uh, things yeah. for myself. People noticed what I was doing. That was the lucky part. Yeah, of course. And that goal against Spain, it shows that, yeah. Yeah, God, God <laughs> is great, you know. <laughs> yeah, of course. I invite everyone, everyone uh, to watch it again and again. And the youngest generations that didn't have the chance to watch you playing, now they have YouTube, they for sure, they can find videos, they can find videos about it. So, um, thanks thanks again to be, to be here with us and to accept our invitation in such a kind way uh, since the first time I, I was contacting you. And uh, congratulations about your career. Uh, it's, it's It was an amazing career as a footballer. It keeps being a great career in everything that you are involved, also as a coach. And um, so uh, let's start with your current projects, if that's okay for you. Uh, can you please share, share with us some of your current projects what you've been doing after you finished your career as a player for the ones that are not aware of it? Well, I stopped playing in 2006. And in 2007, I started um, my coaching course. I was trying to... And I did it with the English FA in England. And yeah. there I, I, I spent three... In four years, I was able to get the pro license as a coach. And ever since I've been consulting and as an analyst, I've worked with FIFA on the technical study groups, doing the World Cups and the Olympics in Rio. And, um, and I've also uh, been coaching some clubs in Europe. And um, at the moment, thanks to COVID, I'm on lockdown like everybody, but we're coming yeah. out gradually. So, Yeah. So, so thank you. Thank you for sharing, sharing with us that part. But also the COVID also was bringing some some uh, present to all of us that we are we're gonna talk a bit about it. I don't know if it was only the COVID to bring that that present, but uh, but for sure it also gave you some time to finish it. But we'll talk yeah. about it in in a second. So um, um, so 
how can you share with us how did you deal with the, the end of your career was it clear in your head when you wanted to finish um what role you wanted to you know to to be to be in football to to do in football apart from being a player if you always wanted to to stay linked to football the how was that transition uh, was it easy was it hard did you start to prepare a bit a bit earlier in your head how it was um in 1998 when i was at ajax um yeah. then i decided i was going to be a coach after football okay i mean it happened because i i was in ajax and i had learned i'd seen that not that the players with all due respect not that the players of the ajax system were more talented than the africans or the south americans or all that but they played yeah. like it's as if they were taught football they had a team style of play that everybody um everybody kind of um sorry everybody participated in yeah. and this uh, this team style of play meant that um uh, a lot of, of things were already done on training ground they were so i felt that okay it was interesting i was just and then i decided okay if i finish football i would like to be a coach and apply my knowledge through this formula to yeah. share it with uh, younger players and after that uh, i also during the career course of the career i found out that i was being employed by I was called into the office sometimes to ask my opinions by the clubs that I played in, what I felt about how to manage things. And I also got the opportunity to be invited by TV studios on their, on their platforms, especially BBC, to yeah. give my opinions on games. And because they liked the way I answered their interviews as a player and wanted to have me on the scene. So that's how it was born, the idea of becoming an analyst and, a, you know, and a... And, and a consultant about yeah. football. So all those things, I knew it already. So when I stopped football, I was ready. I was clear in my mind what I wanted to do. That's that's great. It's not all the time like that, but uh, but like inside the pitch, you were always like, like I said, I, I followed all your career and you always had the right decisions also in the pitch. And you had in your mind very clear what to do with the ball. So uh, it, it seems that also you also had very clear in your head what to do afterwards. And uh, is that also related with your way that you have um, this, of course, this, this is more a conversation than, than obviously an interview. Um, like, like I said, I have the privilege and the chance to watch you playing. And you've always been a leader inside the pitch, although a quiet leader. You were not the kind of leader that you had to shout no <laughs> your teammates only had to look at you and they had respect they they knew they were protected you know the forwards in their back and and uh, and uh, of course the you were the balance of the team so do you think also that that um, that kind of leadership was also leading you to to become a coach you thought you have those skills and also if you had any influence from the coaches of course you you had great coaches like uh, Uh, like to mention Carlo Ancelotti, for example, and I yeah. believe uh, Louis van Gaal also, um, I believe so, and uh, and others, not only, but uh, you have that privilege also. Uh, or uh, did they influence you to to do it, to be to become a coach? And also, it was that kind of leadership was also something that was inside of you that you think it's suitable, of course, to to teach the the players to how to behave. 
if I when I look back now, now that we are older, yeah. In fact, uh, I was already are coaching you, as a. Are you older? Was, sorry, sorry. Are you older? <laughs> <laughs> so that's a good one. I'm, I'm not it, sure it, about it. But okay, okay. You, you got me there. You got me there. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, now that I'm looking back now, as a player, yeah. I was already coaching. Yeah. Because um, a, a lot of all the coaches I had, most of the coaches I had. During training ground training or even before the games, they were always telling me, "Hey, when the team is doing, I need you to make your play. Your teammates do this. I need you to tell your team, keep your position, your teammates. You know, they were always doing that, even from a young age, and I was doing it well. So I think most of the coaches who it became a part of me, like while I'm playing, sometimes I don't have to talk, but with my hand, I'm just saying left, 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 right. I got him. It's my man. Don't worry, I'll do it. You know, yeah. it was it's it was a part of me that. And I must be grateful to my teammates because they appreciated it. You know, when you have teammates who always come to you after games and say, hey, man, thanks, man. You helped me out there when I lost the ball. You know, it yeah. makes you feel good. You know, and I had a lot of them with the Super Eagles of Nigeria when I played with the national team. Yeah. And, uh, and, at Ajax, and at Ajax also, I had a lot of that. So, um, so the point is, it was then that it started to grow this learning of how to uh, help people and you know get somebody to play better even if i am not looking like the star but you're working for somebody to be better yeah and um and when you come the question you asked you were asking about the coaches that influenced me i met a lot of coaches uh, but there was one that really influenced me the most that was morton olsen Whoa, that yeah. i had at is amsterdam um yeah, yeah people, people expect me to say ancelotti or this that because they have bigger names yeah, but um, Martin also for me was an exceptional human being. He was very hardworking. He didn't believe in things happening by luck. He believed that we have to work it to provoke the luck. Yeah. He was um, he was hard. He made us work hard in training. But he was a very good human being because if you had a problem, he was the first one that would call you on the side and say, "Hey, what's wrong, man? You're not smiling like two days ago. What's wrong?" Yeah. You do not look. You know, is there anything I can do? Uh, is, is is Madame okay? Are the kids okay? You know, he's like that, and um, I felt that this is what I like—a coach that not only tells me what to do, but is on my side, and that's yeah. that's how I that's that's how I practically coach now. So, in fact, I I stayed lifelong friends with him because. Even I spoke with him just two weeks ago. We we call each other. He lives here in Belgium. Okay. Uh, I've gone to see him to tell you how much he, he has been an influence in my in my person. So I'm yeah, great. I'm grateful to him. That's fantastic, and that you still keep the friendship, and that's that's more than a trophy, you know. When when you see that uh, you can yeah. keep that friendship, and you can keep learning and sharing ideas, and uh, that's that's a fantastic thing also about football. You said you said a very interesting thing. You said that uh, you've been coaching already inside the pitch when you were a player. So you were trying to, you know, to bring the best from your teammates, you know, uh, even mm. giving some instructions inside the pitch. But at the time, you also had to face, uh, I would say, you catch the time where the you, you were a defensive midfielder for the ones that don't remember, for sure, 99% remember. And, uh, and you were facing probably the generation with more talented players as number 10s. So it was mm. directly, you know, so we had to stop them. 
so you were saying that in the end of the game, your teammates were coming to you saying great work, but for sure those number tens, they they were not so happy. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but do you think also that helped you to face so many great players in that position, so you could see the you know their weak points, the strong points? Uh, do you think also that uh, the position where you were in the pitch had to make you think faster than the others many times? Well, the position I play, uh, that I played, and yeah. it also it applies a lot. That was the time football was getting into the new generation. Yeah. So I was I was in between two generations. I was I was at the, I think I met football at the time where there was an older generation who was based a lot on individual play. And yeah. then there was a new generation coming up that was based on team play. Yeah. So we were in between. We were when the transition was coming in. And one of the first things I learned that I felt helped me a lot as a soccer player was um, I learned that you didn't have time on the ball. And, and you had to, and I learned this in the early 90s, you have to think before you receive the ball. You have yeah. to already know what you want to do without the ball. You only change your mind if what you want to do is blocked. Like, like yeah. you, you want to change it to the right side. It's okay, I get the ball, I'm changing it. Then you get it, you want to change it. Somebody blocks you, okay. You eliminate him technically, and then you change it anyway if you can. So those yeah. were the things that came in with time, and that's um, that helped my football a lot. At one time, I kept it as a secret to myself, but it's what everybody's doing now, so it's no secret anymore. It was like uh, if the, you're as good as you think. If, if you think quick in football, you play better and you play quicker. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Thank you for sharing it. And that's true. Yeah. And especially in these days, you know, that that the game is, is played in, uh, in um, you know, a sh uh, shortest space in, in, um, in the pitch, you know, like yeah. uh, you, you need to be very quick. Uh, having your reactions of course football changes like everything in life and um uh yeah so michael is here he's saying uh, hi michael first of all um love the story about martin molson and um and also that you see the importance of seeing the person behind the player so important in every level so that's that's true thank you michael for for sharing that with us so so now let's talk a bit about that present that we've been talking the present that you are giving to all of us not only to nigerian people uh but to all the world you know because uh i believe that uh everybody was uh, supporting nigeria in especially in that that world cup in 94 you know and also in atlanta but but in the world cup uh, was something fantastic everybody wanted the super eagles to to win so can you tell us a bit more about the book that was released last last week and uh, and by the way thanks a lot for your kindness i would no, I... like to share that because uh, because sunday was so kind and invited me to be present the, at the event that was the, the presentation of his book it was a great honor to me um and uh, i just wanted to to tell you it was fantastic to be able to travel in time most most of most of all it was lasting i think about two hours but it was like flying the time <laughs> was flying with great players there that are part of you know of football um are part of my youth and uh, so congratulations again also about the the organization and um so can you share a bit a bit more with us um about your book why you decided 
first of all, if you have have, have you got it there with with you? Yeah. Let me see. Okay. Yeah, I wrote this book, and it's called. Uh, uh, let me go this way. It's called yeah. the audacity, the audacity to to refuse. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. It's it's, uh, it's kind of it covers, like you said, COVID helped me finish it. Yeah. In a in a in a calmer manner, but I had, I had planned to release it this year anyway because I wanted mm -hmm. to release the book to coincide with. 25 years of our winning the Olympics in uh, Atlanta, 96. Yeah. So the, the book is is totally, it just covers my career and my childhood. It covers, um, if you read the book, you get to see what it's like uh, playing in a top, in top clubs, in the, what the dressing rooms are like, what the mentality yeah. is like in a top club. Like uh, the mentalities I met at clubs like Ajax, Amsterdam, uh, Juventus, Turin, or yeah. Borussia Dortmund. Uh, FC Cologne, and it yeah. also covers the um, the golden generation of uh, Africa's arguably Africa's greatest team, which is the Super Eagles of Nigeria. Yeah, and um, and then it gives a lot of insights into not only just about football, but about the challenges we experienced as human beings, and um, how how I was, I was able to handle those challenges when they came my way, and even those ones that I failed to handle. That I was not successful in in handling, okay. but hopefully I, I learned from them, not to be not to to know how to handle them if should they come up again. And um, the book is about three hundred and forty eight pages, okay. and it covers sixteen years of my career. And um, the feedback I'm getting about the book is I'm I'm very grateful for the feedback I'm getting because most people say they buy it and they can't put it down, which is good for me, yeah. and I'm grateful. But the most important thing about the book was I wanted to share. Yeah. I wanted to share my my career. I wanted to share my difficulties. I wanted to share my high moments, my lows. I wanted to share my ideas. I wanted to share with the young players what you need to do to what I believe you need to do to make it to the top. I wanted to share what it was like for colored players like myself, especially in the, at the time when Europe now there are a lot of checks and balances. Even yeah. then, we are still. Even then, racism is still very hot. Yeah. But I also sh share also the kind of like the rude and the high, <laughs> exceptional ones we had to go through, and um, how we handled it. But um, but there are a lot of. It's wide. It's wide. It's uh, that's it. That's great. That's great. And also to keep, you know, not not only to talk about yourself, your career, but like you said, about the the best uh, African team ever, you know, and uh, and your teammates, and to keep them in history. So with the book, they will remain always there for for youngest generations also to understand it, and they can learn from it. So that's fantastic. And uh, if I can ask you, why that title? The audacity to refuse. Yes, because life is all about um, life. Is the way I see life is this: there is always somebody who thinks you belong one somewhere. Yeah, the way they see it, not the way you, not the way you see it. It's um, and they always believe you belong somewhere. Yeah, the way they, the way they see it that suits them, but not necessarily that suits you.
unless they are your parents. And, and I think if they are not your parents, you should always have the audacity to refuse to have limitations placed on your head. And I share the limitations that were placed on my head as a human being, not because it's just me, but because that's how it is. Yeah, yeah. And then for that reason, I believe that if I was, if I am talking to you today, if I have, if I was blessed to make it enough in my career as a soccer player to the point where I am still relevant now, you're talking to me, is because I refused those limitations and I was able to succeed where, where many failed. So um, I share those limitations. Some I keep to myself because they are too embarrassing to share. <laughs> and and um, and how I handled the ones I was able to handle. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's a fantastic title for for the book. You know, for the reasons that you said. So so you never accepted the no, like when people were saying, for example, you are not good enough or something things like that. But mm -hmm. do you believe also that is important? For a player to have the audacity uh, uh, um, <laughs> to say no, when um, when it's like to choose, for example, a club or something that you don't believe. When when, for example, an agent or someone else wants to give you an option that you don't feel is the best for you, sometimes it's so important to refuse, you know, uh, things like also to accept. Do you think it's also important to think by your own head? Well, if, if you don't if you don't think by your own head, you're going to be living someone else's life, not your life. Exactly. It's, it's, it's just exactly how that's how it is. And furthermore, I, I believe that um, uh, people will always, like I said earlier, people will always tell you, this is what I think is right for you. Yeah. This is what I think is good for you. And yeah. I think the best person to tell you what is good for you are your parents. Um, maybe your spouse, who's who's because your wife shares the same. Your destiny is or your wife's destiny is, is tied to yours, yeah. just like your your husband's destiny is tied to yours. Yeah. You know, so that way you are kind of like a team. That's why they call it marriage anyway. So, but um, if unless you are in those situations, then you can really accept it's okay. This is what they feel is best for you. But if you are in the working environment, business environment. I think you, no matter how, you can't always say no because there are sometimes you have to say yes now yeah. so that you can say no later. But That's because now, now I have to say yes now because I am not strong enough to say no. But I put it in my head, okay, there is a limitation there. Yeah. Okay, I will accept it now. But by the time the tables turn and that same person is telling you, no, no, I say, no, 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 hell no, I'm not taking it anymore. No. Yeah. It's not. You know, but you have to be, with all the respect, if you think more, you succeed more. If you think less, you fail. Uh, you, you succeed less. That's true. I, I, I agree 100% with you. And I think when you have the things, you know, in your hands, you are not so dependent on, on the others or rely on the others. You are closer to success. And, and most of all, success is, can be a word with many you know, you can, you know, we need many definitions, but I think the most, the best definition for success is happiness, you know? So, yeah. so if you are, if you are, you know, um, in charge of your own, of your own success, of your own um, destiny, 
so you are closer to be happier and not only doing the things that apparently are good for others or and it happens a lot especially in football that uh, in these days that uh, many many players they rely on everyone and that surrounds them not of course not the family that is very important the family and we have examples of players when they have a, a strong ba uh, family background they are closer to to success you know in many many ways not only mm. on, on terms of happiness but also in terms of uh, of success in terms of trophies and we have lots of examples so we have here um glossius saying so you made him cry <laughs> apparently so let me show here so uh apparently kanu was the one making making him cry uh soccer team of nigeria can do the same or close to what they did in the final of the olympics win the game of brazil with a show of kanu uh, i cried in that game because i'm a fan of brazil <laughs> <laughs> yes but he he i'm actually sorry that we made him cry yeah. <laughs> um, by beating Brazil, but I, I would like him to please understand that it was either them or us. <laughs> so it was, either, it was either we won, yeah. it was either they cried or we cried. So yes, yeah. that's how the football is. But that notwithstanding, Brazil won it eventually in 2016. So we are all happy now. We are all good. Yeah, 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 we, exactly. We all, have, we all have Olympics gold to, to go to with all our lives yeah. with. So <laughs> yeah. And then Gloss, thank you for your for your question, first of all. And um and if there is country that cannot cry so much is Brazil, because with so many titles, you know, in history. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you guys, you and Germany probably are the ones that cannot complain about crying. Me, yeah. I'm I'm Portuguese. So finally we, we won in 2016, but we also cried in a home match against Greece, for example. And uh, and I had here Katsuranish previously and he was he was happy someone it's always like that you know in the finals or or whatever in in the match someone will be crying someone will be happy but but uh, the important thing is to be there you know um so for sure um so um do you do you believe it's possible um Nigeria uh, to do the same or at least to win some some trophies like like that generation do you see that can happen in a short term or in the long term, or there is still a lot to do, or, or how do we see Nigerian football at, at the moment? Nigeria has the potential to be world champions. Yeah. We will always have the potential. And that is something, um, because an example has been set by our generation. Yeah. So uh, that's, we were able to win something at an adult level, that is the world level. Um, and the fact that we also have a population like Brazil, we are huge. We are 200 million people. Brazil is, is over 200 million. Yeah. And um, the number one sport from afar in Nigeria is soccer. So yeah. most is football. So most kids on the street, once you're growing up, it's football you have to play. So that is how it is. Um, for that reason, I think it is always possible. What is holding us down as nation is just administrative problems. Yeah. Just administration and, and organization problems. And I think um, I follow the history of Portugal. Portugal had that at one time too. Yeah. And um, they were able to get their act together. And uh, we saw what happened. Uh, some teams like Porto are now world uh, um, European 
Champions League uh, heavyweights now. They're no longer yeah. lightweights. Yeah. The league itself might not be the number one in Europe, but it keeps on producing players and uh, clubs. That is the same thing that we have in Nigeria. Yeah. So uh, I am very, very optimistic. I think uh, Nigeria can do well, but a lot has to be done as regards administration and management. That is just where it's what is holding the country down. That's true. Unfortunately, yeah, but uh, but there is a way. Uh, it's at least you have still you have talented players. You have everything, you know. So it's just a matter of time and just a matter to do the things in a proper way. Do you think the former players from your generation and other generations have a key role also to um, they could contribute more? Of course, if if people allow uh, to to uh, <laughs> because, <laughs> because we know. Not all the time is possible because, unfortunately, one thing that makes football sometimes um, makes it harder, it's the egos, you know, many people that bring their egos and uh, they want to show, they, they want to, you know, to come in the cameras, uh, in the spotlights, not for the good reasons. Do you think they could take advantage in a good way more from players like you and, and others uh, that been part of that generation because you guys have the knowledge you guys been you know in in so many great clubs uh all over the world that you have experience you have everything so do you think that uh, you, you of course some of some of you are, are are involved you know but uh but maybe not on the top uh, of the decisions do you think that should that would be important also for for that step to be done Without my generation, Nigerian football will never come out. Yeah, it is. It is plain simple as that. Because um, as a youth, you need um, a figure to look up to. Yeah, and those figures are what push you to dream. And there is no better figure that can push you to dream if it's a figure that is from your kind, your country, your race, because you can relate. You can relate yeah. to their limitations. An African kid who wants to make it. At Juventus cannot try to look at the way um, Zidane did it. Zidane is not Af is not a hundred percent African. You know, he's born in yeah. Algeria, but he's French because yeah. he's you know. Or, or maybe I should use another example. Like for example, he cannot look at the way Del Piero did it because yeah. he's, he's Italian and he was he's a, he's a boy from Juve uh, from Italy, and they did all the pampering and they helped him to get him there. Whereas as an African, you 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 can follow and look at okay how did sunday do it to olisa do it to get to juventus he started he worked hard here he, he failed there he succeeded there he fought that he did that to get there oh that is like my background okay i can imitate now uh, in making progress in football i believe you succeed in football you take what somebody has already done and you make it better then you then you go to the next step but you have to first have in your hand what somebody has already done That is why I put. That is why I wrote my book. Anybody who reads it that is uh, uh, at a young age or young and aspiring player, you already see what we already did. Now yeah. you can read it. You see it. You have it in your hands. And now you decide: How do I use this to my own advantage? I have to make it better because if you do it the same way I did it, you might be good. But if you want to be great, you have to do it a little better. So that yeah. is how it has to be. For that reason, my generation is needed in Nigeria. Without them, the football is struggling. The only time after our generation that Nigeria was able to win something was when they took 
our captain, Stephen Keshi, as the coach of the national team. Yeah. And then in 2013, they won something. May he so rest in peace because he died some uh, recently. He died just some few years ago. So that is the only time. Now, if you speak to anybody back home, they will tell you, yeah, but we have tried to employ some of your generations, even you, Sunday, yeah. But when you are get employed by them, there is somebody above your head that is making the decisions, not you. So all your knowledge, your ideas, and all your know-how is limited because the one above you who never played football, who in most cases doesn't even know football, doesn't even know what it's like to, to administer football at the world level because yeah. he's a local he's a local bread uh, administrator. Uh, it limits the limitations of the country because he is limited yeah. by his own situation. And for that reason, this is what is really affecting uh, Nigerian football. And um, it's a shame because you have some players like JJ has played in uh, in Germany. So he has yeah. some experience from Germany. Tijani Babangida has played in Holland. He has experience from the Holland football. You have people like uh, uh, Fini de George, who's played yeah. in Spain. So he has the um, Spanish Manuel, idea. Immanuel Amunique. Immanuel Amunique has played everywhere and he's won yeah. all kinds of titles. You know, so, you know, and then um, I'm blessed to have played in um, so many countries also, eight European clubs. So I've seen different club levels. Now, yeah. imagine putting all these people in one room and saying, now, we need you to make out a project for us to make our football forward. Can you imagine the knowledge you are putting in? It is, I can. It, 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 I can, it, it, I can it, because in my it opinion, is, it will be... It's a bank. Yeah. It's a bank. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's a bank. It's a... It's a it's a bank. It's just a, a bank of uh, not filled with money, but filled with knowledge and filled with experiences. Yeah. And yeah. that is, then you cannot look at this and say, how can Nigeria be struggling? Yeah. So I don't know if you understand it to become very clear to you now what I said. Oh, very, very clear. Uh, well, I'm, I don't know if you are aware, but um, I'm a fan of African football. I always been. I can share yeah, I one. I, I noticed. I noticed that. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. And, uh, and and I can tell you, the first I'm a, I'm a, I'm a scout as you know, yeah. And uh, and the first player um, I was doing scouting when I was like ten years old, I think. I, I played also football, not not in a high level, but I played football. And um, the first player that I can tell I was scouting was Emmanuel Amunik uh, yeah, when he was sporting. playing. Sporting. Yeah, no, 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 no. Before that, I'm a sporting. Oh, Zama, yeah, I'm a sporting Lisbon fan, okay? okay. And um, and when I was a kid, I saw Emmanuel playing for Nigeria, I believe under 19 or under 17, and I saw him playing a tournament, and I was like, what a player, unbelievable, you know? It's like, as a scout, I say, when you fall in love, in a way, for a player, it's the right choice, you know? It's, it's the player that, that you want to sign. But I was I was young, I was a kid, and he was the first player I saw. I said to myself, I wish this this player could play for my team, you know. But it was very unlikely because he was playing for Zamalek, you know. Nothing was it was not on the news that he could join sporting or and and after I think one or two years he joined sporting. 
And I said, well, this is great. You know, it's fantastic. A player I've been watching, I fall in love with, with his style of playing. And he joined Sporting. And then, then he went to, to Barcelona. And everybody knows his story. And uh, I had a chance also to interview him. He's, he's a fantastic guy. And, um, and I also, I believe, like you said, like um, if you guys are more part of the, um, of the structure of football in there, you can do amazingly. And it's not a coincidence that... Jose Mourinho, a few years ago, I believe he was at Chelsea, um, he said that the future is in African football. Um, because, you know, you have talent, you have everything, you have the, you know, you have all the skills, everything. And I believe, I believe actually it can be in Nigeria because, you know, you are, you were the ones to start it pretty much, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, also Cameroon in 1990 they also had a great team but uh, but some countries they they you know they have a better structure if we can say like that they have a bet- better history in producing players than others so we have here a great question okay it's quite long but I'll try uh, to do my best so Shay Joki usually first of all thank you because I know he usually watch our 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 talks uh every week thank you first of all so all is that sir how how did you really feel getting a coach job in europe um there are many of our coaches back home here who have tried and not reached there i'm really a big fan of your coaching journey and it shows that with hard work perseverance and um a bit <laughs> of luck you can make a name um of your um a name for yourself there no, thank you so much for this. No, it's my pleasure. Thank you, thank you for your question and for being watching. So, um, so happy to see, uh, to be seeing Holiday here. I can't wipe the smile off my face. <laughs> um, <laughs> so that this is great. Thank you, thank you for that. Well, it's uh, it's it's a nice question. Um, first of all, coaching in Europe has been difficult. It's been very difficult in the sense that um, I've had to work my way down from from the ground. Uh, yeah. In fact, I started I started coaching kids, and it was my son's team, and that's yeah. way back as in 2005 when I 2005 when I started that. So I started with the kids, and um, and then I coached the under under 19s, and then eventually adults and all that. But I was just like learning. I was trying to to run the ropes, and um, it's been difficult. But the coaching itself, it's um, first of all, I used to uh, I followed a lot of coaches that succeeded. I wanted to know what made them succeed, why were they different. So I did a lot of research, just like I did research for my book. I did it on a lot of coaches and to yeah. find out wh- what made them move. And also try to uh, learn a lot from uh, playing styles and try to look at from the playing styles, what makes this playing style successful and what are the antidotes to each playing style. So those are all things that I had to gather up. And, and as a coach, I use that. And I think the most, the coaching, uh, experience I had have been great. I've been blessed with so much success. I was recently able to orchestrate this, a second division team in Holland to the first division, Fortuna seated. Yeah. And um, mm-hmm. but um, but I think what's been most difficult is not just the knowledge; is the fact that there are so much restrictions and limitations that one has to fight through to get to get uh, get through it. And um, I think it's. I felt that we as colored people, we don't get a lot of chances, which everybody knows, it's no secret anymore. But I just felt that at the same time, you have to be ready when the chance comes. Yeah. Because you cannot afford to fail. 
Yeah. You know, you know, especially if, if anybody's going to fault you, don't let them fault you by your competence. Let them fault you with one story they can always manufacture, but don't yeah. let them fault you by the fact that you're not a good coach. And yeah. that's, some, that's something that I've been blessed to have had that's, you know, to be able to coach because, um, and it's something I find easy. It's something I enjoy doing. And, um, and people, if I may share this, people think coaching is all about what you do at training or how you are with the players. No, no, no. Coaching is your, your preparation is very important. But the most important is when the game starts and you're standing there. Yeah. Because what you prepared is not what you meet when the game starts. So it's yeah. up to you now as an coach now to immediately adapt and say, oh, oh we prepared that day we're going to defend. Now they're attacking. How do we handle it? Are we ready for it? Did we prepare for that at training? Do the players know what to do? How do I get the communication out? What do I change immediately? What can I change now? Yeah. Individual players. And I have to change the big part in the dressing room at the halftime. Because then it then it then it concerns the whole team, you know those kind of things. It's those are the secrets that you have to look at and say, okay, what can I do? Um, it is very important, in my opinion, that if you want to succeed, you also have to have personality as a coach. You are the one that's going to be sacked. You are the one that's yeah. going to be. Uh, so if you let somebody else tell you who plays in your team, because he's the normally European clubs they let you do that. But in my case, for example, I, I was unfortunate to run into an, an employer who wanted to tell me who plays, who doesn't play, who sits on the bench, who does this and that. Yeah. But, when, but, when we, but when we lose, you are sacked. Huh? So, yeah. so, <laughs> so it was up to me. And the fact that I was able to say, no, 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 no. You pay yeah. me, I bring you success. And the fact yeah. that I stood, my, I stood my ground, I was able to be successful. You know? Yeah. And, and what made me so happy was that when I left, the first two months, they were able to cope because the players were still playing my football. I'm talking of Holland now. But the year after, when most of the players I had built for one and a half years had all been driven away, the coach that took over now, he now had to play his own football. Yeah. What, a, what a disaster. You know, they they escaped relegation by one point. The second year they got relegated, but COVID did not let them go down. So you see, um, then it became very clear that oh, so all what happened before, he just benefited from the work of Sunday. All he said. So these yeah. are the kind of things. These are the kind of things that I feel that as a coach, uh, one has to face. Yeah. But it's a beautiful job. If it's a beautiful job because you you help somebody else get better, and it's nice when you see your team. Before I took over and after I took over, it's really yeah, the progress. And it touched yeah. a very, very interesting point, very interesting aspect that I agree also with you a hundred percent. Is that is is most all about your own decisions? You know, is to take decisions, take responsibility for of your decisions when yeah. you are in the bench. You know, you need to think by your own head. Of course, you have you know your assistants. You can listen many people. But you need to know what's the important information, what is not, you know, and you need to decide by your own head. Like you said, in the end of the day, if the things go wrong, it's you that, that are going to be sacked, you know. So, oh. and many other, many, many coaches you see in these days, they copy a system that still, that it already exists, you know. And if you are not constantly in an evolution process, you will be stuck on that. And like you said, the coach that came after you, was was copying a bit what you've been doing 
but you were already ahead and the ideas were in your head, not on his head. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you know what I mean? Uh, he, he cannot just call you and say, Sunday, if it was you, what would you do? And you see, like, even in the, in the, in the system that the, the team plays in these days, it was always like that, not only today. But you see many coaches, they, they copy what the others do. And you said you said one thing, and it's true. Like, it's not only what you do in trainings or to build a training, because in these days you can have access even to to the, the trainings of Manchester City, of all those clubs. They are not so different, the trainings or the training sessions. But it's all about the decisions in the... Um, the um, you also to understand the players have that sensibility and also to you know mm -hmm. watch to build a team to understand the players and this is also me talking like as a scout sometimes you you you, you don't need to choose the best players for its position but you need to choose the players that work better as a team you know uh, not necessarily the best ones for its position the ones that actually are better working as a team so it's 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 many things that people think it might be easier but it's not it's decisions all the time you, uh, it's more about the decisions and uh, and and like yeah, you but said it's, it's, but it's also an evolution it's also an it's evolution, an evolution. In the sense that, but you, football is just like life nothing stays the same it keeps changing yeah, um, yeah. Uh, there are some coaches who were very successful in the past but now they are all struggling and they are yeah. they are becoming out, out of touch and yeah. um, they're not they're not looking for excuses why they're not succeeding anymore it's because of this because of that yeah. let's face it football now is uh, the richer you are the easier it is to win because yeah. we all know there are some coaches who are winning titles now people are calling them the greatest but when you look at the, the quality of the players they have look at yeah. the players they have on the bench of play on, on the bench just waiting to play the players on the yeah. bench are enough to play in the champions of yeah. another country or another team in that same league and so you you understand also that money is important it helps but at the end of the day if I would pick just one example, for example, people think that it is by walking, watching one coach work. That's how you can get it. Go to watch his training. It helps. But yeah. if that was true, if that was true, that means that every assistant coach of Guardiola will yeah. not be winning also titles in everywhere yeah. they they are working after him. Yeah. So that means now that um, because you work, you were his assistant, so you know the yeah. way it works. So. You, you also can start winning, but that is not the case. It takes more than just watching somebody because he has it here. Yeah. And he is acting based on what he sees. Yeah. He's, he's, he's on the bench, he's, the game starts, he's watching, and then he sees that, okay, this one is working, okay, no, 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 it's not working at this way. Hey, you, I need you to do like this, like this, like that. But you, you watch him in training, but when you now are in this place, you don't know how to handle those problems. Then you start to think, uh, what would he have done if he was here? It's yeah. too late. The game is over. You've yeah. lost already. So that is how I think it's a it's a beautiful job coaching, eh? but it's now become scientific. <laughs> you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're a scout, so you should know also. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. It's too much scientific, but I believe that is also important. Uh, your life experiences that you went through, not only in football, but also in other areas of life, you know, like um, all the challenges you faced, the way you think about life, you know, the way you are as a person, it's all together that makes you be like uh, good or not. It's not yeah. just like uh, like you said, it's not because I will be uh, one one year with Guardiola that I will be like him, you know. And uh, mm -hmm. 
and I don't want, you know, actually, because people are different. I need to understand my capacities. We also need, it's very important also, we understand our limitations. That's also, that's important. Try to improve the, those those parts also and to, to see our, our own profile, you know, like, uh, like, like it's the same as a player, you know. If you were trying to play as JJ Okosha, for example, you were completely different players. You will lose your <laughs> asset. You know, and you you couldn't be a good player, but you knew no. This I'm strong doing this. You know, I'm I'm I can do this better than him. And the same, if 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 he was trying to play like you, he couldn't be like you. You know what I mean? So it's also part of, like I said, your life experience, the people that you deal with. I don't know if you do it, but I also many times the best people also to learn with is people from outside football because they can yeah. see they can see things that for us are we already assume that they are so simple but they ask us questions that they actually make us think why why this person is asking this no oh, this seems so basic but is actually it's not you know it's 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 also this sharing that we are doing in here sharing ideas thinking by our, our own heads nobody's right nobody's wrong you know it's just part part of it this is just my opinion also and i agree completely with you and thanks thanks for sharing that that also with us so going a bit back um, to the beginning of your career uh, you left Nigeria very young. I believe you were 16 at the time, no? Yeah, I was a kid when I left home, yeah. Yeah, 16, I believe, if I'm correct. And you went to play in Belgium, yeah? How it was your, your adaptation in the beginning? It was difficult, and that's um, all that I put in the book. So, And, uh, and the good part is that um, it was difficult, it's extremely difficult. And in fact, um, I, I detailed it more in the book. Then you, and I think everybody can get the book on Amazon. You can oh, get it also from- I'm gonna ask you my, that. I'm, I'm gonna yeah, ask you that. Yeah, that's yeah, important. The, because... the, you, you can also get it from my website, which is sondeolisa.tv. So you can order from there yeah. and then it, and it will be delivered to your home. Um, the thing that is, I, I explained it clearly there because it was difficult and Believe me, when I see the way football is today, it is way easier now. Yeah. To really, because then there was not a lot of us that come in from our Africa at the time. There was there was the limitation of the number of um, foreigners uh, yeah. uh, outside Europe you could play in the league. In fact, yeah. not even from outside Europe, from every yeah. country. So that means, for example, Belgian clubs could have only three players from outside yeah. Belgium. Yeah. So uh, Portuguese, Portugal could only have three players from outside Portugal, but yeah. the Portuguese were lucky because they had a rule with the with the Brazilian league that allowed them to have in a lot of Brazilians in the league. Yeah, so, in the league. Yeah, yeah. But but we also had a problem with uh, with some of our best players playing abroad. I can tell yeah. you that uh, I had a chance to interview Paul Futter, the great Paul Futter, and when he Paulo. was at Paulo, yeah, Paulo, yeah. Paulo was my team, was my teammate in Regiana. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. The fantastic <laughs> guy. He's, he's, he's amazing. He's a, he's a great human being. He's yeah. an amazing guy. An amazing fantastic. guy. Fantastic. <laughs> fantastic. Oh, say hello to him. Say hello to him. I will. I will for sure. For sure. He's <laughs> he's fantastic. I will send you also the interview I did with him. And he was at the time, you know, and you played with him, and you know, and he went to Regiana, because at AC Milan, and he played afterwards. He played for AC Milan. The, 
they could only play three foreigner players and 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 they were like great players you know bob and savicevic and uh and players like they could only choose three to play you know that those times nobody can imagine how it was and uh and it was yeah yeah, yeah. and another, another thing you know and another thing for adaptation there was no internet at the time so yeah. you couldn't yeah. call home or you couldn't see your family like you know maybe you were calling home i don't know maybe once a month and to be on the phone and just like 10 minutes or yeah but you know don't don't forget then calling home was expensive also very, very expensive. So if, so if you call if you call Africa for five minutes, good luck. Huh? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> your wages are gone. Yeah, even if you are. Yeah, a your, your wages <laughs> are gone. <laughs> Just to call ten minutes to to be with all your family there, you know, around the phone. So this guy, yeah, you know, younger younger people, you are very lucky that you didn't yeah, go. You know, you, you don't need to to go through those things. So. Um, you played along. We have been talking about some players. You played along with with players like Zinedine Zidane, Yara Litmanen, JJ Okosh, of course, uh, Jurgen Kohler, Dani, that had the chance to interview two weeks ago, and he did yeah. a very nice video, and he said hi to you. Unfortunately, he wanted to do a surprise to you, but unfortunately, he's working today because he works for a, a Portuguese television uh, here, um, so um, so he, he couldn't be here. But but I will put you guys in touch for sure. Uh, you played also with Antonio Conte, that is now is uh, a champion again for for Inter Milan. Um, Inter Milan. Yeah, Edgar David, that actually is the coach in Portugal now. Um, Emmanuel Amunic, that we already spoke. Uh, George Finidi, that also had a chance to interview. The privilege. Thierry Henry, Alessandro Del Piero. Uh, just to mention just some some players that you know. They are just fantastic, like you. Uh, can you can you mention one? If you had to choose just one, which one impressed you more the first time you saw him in the trainings in the training sessions that you were like not expecting at all that you could have that quality? Mm, was Rashid Yakini? Oh yeah, a legend here in Portugal. He was a legend here. You know that, of course. Yeah, with um, Boa Vista, Victoria. Uh, Vitor, yeah, Vitor Stubal. Sorry, Vitor Stubal, and then uh, no, he was uh, Rashid Yakini for me was just exceptional. From the first time I played with him, I found uh, he had he had better quality than I saw him play before I played with him as a teammate. Yeah, and then, um, he has oh exceptional finishing. And yeah. really explosive finishing. <laughs> so yeah, he was. He was. He did a, a great career. Of course, he's very. Everybody in Portugal loves him. You know, loved him. And uh, I, I, I think, I think for so many times he won the highest goal scorer in Portugal. I think. Yeah, if, yeah. I think if not, if I'm not mistaken, as much as maybe three or four times he was voted highest goal scorer in Spanish in the Portuguese league. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. And. Uh, and, uh, and play, play for a little club like Vitoria Setubal, it's a lot, huh? <laughs> it's a lot. Yeah, yeah, it's not easy to play there. Yeah, exactly. So it was a legend, legend, completely a legend there. It was also one of the reasons that pretty much all the Portuguese were supporting also Nigeria in that World Cup, where he scored also a goal. And he celebrated in a unique way that uh, mm -hmm. we all remember. There yeah, in the yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Fantastic! I believe he is he, also. Man, you mentioned him on in your book, and um, 
Yeah. And for sure it's also in his honor that you also write the book. And uh, it might be also like a reason that you wanted to keep uh, a record of those stories for, for people also, you know, for, for the things not to uh, get lost in time, you know, it's important. Yeah, because, because if you look at it now, the kids of today who we need to make our country great again, yeah, they don't even know about the greatest striker that Nigeria ever had. Yeah, they don't even know how it was. They just see maybe some images, and yeah. um, but but you see people like your age, my age, or the ones that are like thirty or thirty-five who are fortunate to see him play some games on television. Those ones are now going like, wow! If you knew Rashidi Yakini, but these ones now, um, what they are looking at, they are not even looking at Nigerian strikers anymore. They are not looking at strikers from the Premier League. But those are the ones that are doing well. Players, strikers from the Spanish league. Yeah. Whereas you mm -hmm. cannot dream of making your country great or Africa great again if your dream is based on a foreigner who's doing who's uh, who's playing in a in a foreign league and it's not it has no relations to your uh, yeah. to your own league and your own uh, nationality. It's it's not a question of being it's not racism now, but it's a question of, of nationalistic instincts now. Yeah, is the fact is the fact that you need your kind to help you dream. Because your kind makes it feel like it is possible. Yeah. Whereas if, if you have to look at with all the limitations we have in the world today, if I have to base my dream on somebody who does not have those limitations that I am experiencing based on my background or where I'm from, then why I'm the dream will never come to it will never work out. Yeah, yeah, it's completely I agree completely with you, and it's different. And uh, so talking about it, just a question, like, how do you see, like, many players now? Because Africa Africa produces so many quality players, and you can see that. You can see France, pretty much, they are world champions, and pretty much all the players, they have roots, they have African roots. Even Portuguese players, like one of our greatest players was Eusebio. He's, he, he was from really? Mozambique. I, I, I met him. Was I was very happy when I met him. Oh in, yeah! In, in 1997, when we played the we played the uh, Europe versus Africa game in Lisbon, okay. Okay. and he was the one, he, he did the kickoff. It was so nice to see him. So nice. Yeah, and yeah. such humble. I had the chance. I had the, the the privilege to meet him in person. You know, and it was it was actually a, a funny story. Because when I was I, I was a kid and uh, he went to my school and he wanted me to join Benfica, and when I saw him, I was like, because Eusebio was like was like Pelé for us, it was a legend. But he also had like African roots, you know, like he was it's from Mozambique. Yeah, Mozambique. He was he was born in Mozambique. So, how do you see? Of course, if 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 European nations can can make it, you know, winning World Cups and European Cups with so many players. You know, with African roots, why shouldn't African, <laughs> African teams, you know, win? <laughs> so I, 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 I don't want the French to be angry at me, but as far as I'm concerned, we've yeah. already won our first World Cup. Yes, yeah. because, because the World Cup in 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 Moscow 2018, yeah. Africa won it, not France, yeah, of, because of course the French national team was just Africans everywhere. That, so that, that's true. That's true. That's true. And uh, but but on the other hand. Do you see also, how do you see the fact that many players that they don't have opportunity, for example, we are not here to talk or to judge anyone, you know, because you can make your choices. But 
some players they they don't have the chance to play for the country. Let's say Wilfred Zaha, for example, he doesn't have the, the chance to play for England, so he goes and plays and um, and and he, go, he goes to to play for for um, his country in Africa because the, the, his parents are from there. So, how do you see? Do you think those players should have more important role to actually choose to play? for their the country that uh, represents more for them despite the fact that which one is more important or will bring more titles to them you know um, they should just keep their roots because because you see so many players that actually played for african um, um, nations you know like didier drogba or even uh, emmanuel adebayor they did so much for their countries you know they've been like legends in there george wea if you if they if those players were not playing for for the um, their nations they couldn't make it you know they couldn't bring young players like you said to have those icons to have those those examples so don't you think that those players should choose with their hearts more than thinking about the success because if if they are really good they will bring a team up you know like uh like we can say that ronaldo is making portugal much better you know uh but if he was choosing much, to play much, much better much, <laughs> he's doing, well he's doing pretty much everything but but you can see now that the the new generations we have we have great talents now portugal have probably the best national team that we all, we ever had because now he allowed one thing that that that's the mentality the winning mentality before we had golden generations but we didn't have that that example of a guy that actually is a winner you know and is hard worker and he loves the game every year he, he gives everything so if we didn't have that example probably we, we never won the, the euro 2016 do you think is the same so you think those players should choose to play for their countries um to to play to play for their home countries instead of just going to play for the ones that give them more visibility um you before we judge the players not judging, not judging this is yeah okay okay like um no i'm not talking of us now i'm talking because people ah, judge okay. them yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. no you are not judging you are we are discussing now you are you are you are stating the facts yeah that is uh, at least to the best of my knowledge before we judge the players as why should they go to the national team they should go to their countries of origin we must ask ourselves um what is possible for the players now some players will want to play for their country but when they go back to the country of birth the disorganization and the and the ego fights the maladministration that exists there is totally going to make even any hope for them even being competitive in almost impossible yeah so at, at the end of the day you know they look at it my plane there in as much as i love my country but it might hurt me because this is my career i have a short time to play i have yeah. just 10 years if i'm lucky so um instead when they get an opportunity from a country that is already organized and it is their adopted country you know like you like uh, saha tried to play in england 
but fortunately he was not played. I knew he was in the national team. He was invited to the English national team and eventually yeah. it didn't work out. Now he's decided to go back to his country to play for his country of birth. You know, but I think uh, we must also give uh, compliments to FIFA that have changed the rules. Formerly, once you play for one country once, you can't go back to your former country. Yeah. Now FIFA says, no, no, no. If you've not played a certain amount of games, you can still go back to your country, otherwise your career is blocked, which yeah. is very good. But you must also look at it that the players also, if they go back to their countries now, if they play for their countries, if their countries had organized national teams for them to do well, African nations will always play in the quarterfinals, semifinals of the World Cup, for sure. For sure. We, we, we saw that with France. When you look at the number of uh, African origin players who plays in the French national team and who are excelling, when you look at players like Mbappe, that is worth over 200 million euros now. You know, yeah. when, you look at, when you look at players like um, uh, Pogba, you look Pogba. at... Uh, Matuidi. You know, yeah. you know it is Matuidi. You become... It's unbelievable yeah. the quality of the team they have. But those players... They, they were born in France, they grew up in France, and even if they want to go back, even if the French initially don't want to play them or don't want to play them, those players, they cannot go back to play in their countries because in their yeah. countries, the organization might not be there or the hunger or, or the will to want to win that they might end up in their lifetime not even playing in the World Cup ever. Yeah. So they say to themselves, look, I love my country, but I also want to play in the World Cup. Yeah. So if I go back to my home country, they might not let me play in the World Cup. So I will adopt, use this adopted country, at least in my lifetime, I will taste what it's like to play in the World Cup. So that yeah. is why I'm saying people should not judge them on this. You should try maybe a bit just to understand why. Why they do what they do. Yeah, that's true. Because it's not an easy choice also. Because, you know, like... Uh... In the end of the day, if you were there, we cannot judge because maybe if we were there, we, we had the same choices. Especially, especially players that were born already in Europe or they, they, they came very young to Europe, for example, like in your case, and you've been, you know, uh, you've been there and you live in there in Belgium. But can you imagine if you were playing all your career in Belgium? The country was also opening the doors for you, you know? So it's also a way for you to say thank you for it and um, and to represent the, the national team and sometimes your own country doesn't recognize you the way they should or they don't treat mm -hmm. you the way you should so it's always tricky to judge that's why we shouldn't judge but of course if the things were better organized in that term and the better distribution of the players of the talents but but even without it uh, i'm sure that uh, we'll see an african nation i hope nigeria <laughs> to to win a world yeah. cup um, and that that's of course that's possible because you know the generations are coming and uh, and when you guys get like your generation get will get more involved in the game again um as coaches as directors whatever you know like fa presidents whatever it is um as long as everybody's is is going on the same way they have the same you know the same way of thinking they have the same target that um, is winning and uh, in in a good way you know and doing the things properly the things will happen and and nobody can stop you so um, we are almost finishing 
okay unfortunately we could stay here for for a long time it's it's, it's a big pleasure <laughs> no then, then, then my wife will kill me because she just made dinner she's waiting for oh, me oh okay okay <laughs> <laughs> like you <laughs> so can you just leave some advice for young players that will become uh, professional players or do you or the best advice is to buy your book because you say everything in there no 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 well i will advise them to buy the book because uh yeah. it's it will help them a lot but the biggest advice i could give them is that you have to be hungry yeah. you cannot make it in football if you're not hungry and it is not just by chance that the only player to ever reach the world status of being world player of the year that had a luxurious childhood in comparison is only be one kaka all yeah. the other players who been world players of the year have been players who will say to you look 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 i was starving i had to succeed it was either football or death either football or yeah. so so you have to be hungry now i'm not saying now these days uh, if you live in europe you may not be as poor as as maradona or pele or all those yeah or like um, but the difference is that you have to be hungry for the job i want to succeed it has to be like it's either i succeed or i don't it's like as if i if i don't succeed in football i don't have air that means i'm going to die so i have to succeed the moment you can have that in your head i believe success is yours because it is the fact that you are hungry that will make you invest in yourself and invest in working hard it will make you always have priorities of success everything yeah. that will make you succeed you want to do it if you don't drink you don't smoke you have a very good chance of being exceptional in football yeah thank you so much for that advice and do you think also the title of your book is a good advice also to to say no when it's needed uh, at the final at the final chapter of my book i really break broke down the the audacity to refuse okay so and, guys. Um, and and the only clue i can give is that my career and my life and my success has been built on the fact that i took a lot of uh cues from one man from one extraordinary man and who's a world legend but i just looked at him and said that look he has his own weaknesses but he has so many good qualities i need to take them this is what is going to make me succeed and right. i believe me that is what has helped me to have food on my table today and that is all in the book amazing thank you so much and to finish of course uh, can you can you share again with people where where we, um, we can find your book of course in oh, different yeah. countries someone is also already asking here uh, to joke again um is asking um where you can find the book uh, in nigeria well not only in nigeria i think all over the world we want to know where we can yeah. find your book uh, the book is now worldwide last week it was it's it became very sure you can get it the whole world now you okay. can get it if you you can get it now from amazon in every part okay. of the world if you're in nigeria you can get it in lagos from rovin heights bookstores you can get okay. it from uh, latana bookstores in lagos and okay. around the country you can also order from my website the www.sundayolise.tv you can get it from there 
You can also um, call Roving Heights and they will deliver it to your home in Lagos or in, uh, in Abuja. You can get it. Roving Heights is sharing the books all around Nigeria. But if you are in Europe and you want it to get to your place, you can always get it through Amazon or through my website. And then it will be, de it will be delivered to you. Simple. Okay. Thank you so much. I'm sure that, uh, well, everybody will be looking into it after after the, the we finish now go and check it and uh, and get the book for for sure it will be great My, i will do it myself of course uh, because i'm <laughs> i'm looking forward to 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 read it and uh yeah thank you so much sunday it's been a pleasure i'm gonna let you go i don't want you to have troubles with <laughs> with your wife you know uh, any trouble So it's, it's 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 been 26 years of marriage. I think she's tired of me now. So don't worry. So. Well, I don't want to be <laughs> the reason for any arguing. Okay. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> so yeah, enjoy enjoy your dinner. Thank you so much for being here with us, sharing sharing again your knowledge. And it's with people like you that make us happy inside in our heart and make us smile and uh, and that we learn from. So thank you so much. Thank you guys for being watching. Hope you enjoyed. Share with your friends. Stay safe and see you soon. Bye. Take care. Bye. Take care. Bye, Nini. Bye. 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 Bye.